Hello and welcome to Here is the Tea, the podcast for contemporary tea culture. My name is Anna Pavlak and I'll be your host for today. And today I'm serving you some very deliciously biodiverse tea because today we're talking to Monica Griesbrom from Windy Hollow Farm in Scotland. Welcome, Monica. So nice to have you. Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you for the lovely introduction and thanks for having me. Yeah, so Monica is a natural tea grower and maker in Perthshire, Scotland, and she's super passionate about natural tea growing and creating as much biodiversity on her farm as possible. Um, from what I know, it's only 24 acres big, so it's a super small um, area. And uh, most of us probably associate uh, tea growing with more subtropical climate. So that's why I'm super happy to have uh, Monica here today and ask her about her work and how is it even possible to grow tea uh, in, in Scotland? How, and how does one become a tea farmer? So thank you so much for being there and for having a little tea chat with us, Monica. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Yes, me too. I th look at all these people coming in. Look at that. <laughs> oh, my eyesight isn't so good. I mean, I've, I've clipped it up there, so I can't actually see, but whoever's coming on, it's nice to see you. <laughs> um, are, you are you having some tea today? I, I've made, I've started myself a little brew here because today is a bit um a bit chillier out here in berlin what's it like in scotland it is also a little bit of a chilly day but we're still in april so i would expect that so um maybe the lowest temperature overnight can still be down to plus two or so and then during the day kind of 10 12 uh, around that so it's um it's still quite low but it's still april so okay so maybe maybe start by telling me a bit more about how is it even possible to grow tea in scotland because if, if these temperatures sound pretty low to me and um, my tea growing experience doesn't it does only extend to about japanese tea so maybe yeah. you can introduce yourself and and the farm a little bit yes of course, it's my pleasure, it's my pleasure. So as you said, I have 24 acres, which is actually a really lovely size. I'm in the middle of Perthshire, which if, for those of you who don't know Scotland very very well, it's, it's, it is more or less bang in, in, in the middle of Scotland, Perthshire. Um, I think it used to be called a hundred years ago, the land of milk and honey by Scottish people. <laughs> and but, but, yeah, so, so it's, um, it's, it's beautiful. It has quite fertile, dark soil. Um, and I have, um, as a core plant here, I have Camellia sinensis. I grow them from seed. I've got, a, I've got a couple here, just babies to, sh to show you if you want to see. Oh, them. amazing. Yeah, I love um, So from seed, um, you know, that you get the genetic um, variety, of course, you get from seed. So a lot of tea growing is done actually, uh, or, or in Taiwan, for example, a lot of oolongs are done um, with cuttings. So you have the same um, 
plant identically, the genetically identical plant, um, and you also know um, what flavor you're able to produce every year. Um, it means that the plants don't um, don't uh, last that long or don't grow as old. So if you have a seedling plant, of course, that seedling plant can grow much older. Um, so yes, so um, I have, I grew Camellia sinensis as, as my core plant, but I'm interested in um, for my for tea to be amongst many other plants um, and uh, wildlife and um, insects, animals. Um, I believe in biodiversity, and I believe that now that our climate is changing, um, that um, with very strong ecosystems, uh, we have the best chance to to still grow tea in the face of climate change, um, in the face of more drought conditions, um, in the face of erosion. But yeah, anyway, that that you, you I think most of you know how passionate I am about um, uh, natural tea growing, um, and so so I have a. a an organic certification, um, but I kind of go further. I mean, my organic certification is for me important because for some customers, it's very important to have the, the actual certification, to have the accreditation. That's for some people very important and I respect that deeply. Um, but for me, um, I, I, I go further than that because, because organic can still be very much monoculture, tea growing, and I'm very much interested in my tea plants um, interacting with many other plants and growing as wild as possible. And that's why I actively farm as a natural farmer now. So sorry, that's a long, that's a long no, answer. No, no. I don't even know if I've, if I've answered your question, Anne. What was the maybe, question? Maybe we go, we step back a little bit and start from the beginning in terms of how does one become a natural farmer in Scotland? You know, where did your passion for tea start? Hmm. And how did you establish the farm? Because you've not always lived in Scotland as a tea farmer. There are so such big questions. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Where do I start? So I've ha I have I I have been growing on this land and looking after this land, um, about for about eight years. So in terms of nature, in terms of tea growing, that's nothing. Um, I've planted about twelve hundred native UK trees. Um, and I think I'm, I'm saying that because it's linked to how did I start because, um, because it's really a journey, right? It's not like I've arrived and I've said, okay, I'm going to be a natural farmer 
I'm going to grow tea and this, this is going to be my journey looking forward. It was very much um, starting with a core plant, which, which was tea, starting with a very strong idea that I don't want to use pesticides and fungicides and herbicides and artificial fertilizers. I, I always wanted to go without that. So very interested from the beginning in learning about what the alternative is and how can I grow and um, support all my plants here um, without, without those chemicals. Um, and there's a lot to learn. Um, and I guess I'm a very passionate learner um, and that has just taken me on this on this journey and the more the more I know about tea the more I love this beautiful plant from the beginning um, as, as, a, as a seed and as it grows and and then you know then you can harvest it when the time is right when when you when it produces lovely young soft shiny leaves and you can make tea um and so so it's 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 a journey really um for me and it, it continues to be a journey and to be a natural farmer i think um means that that you see yourself as one part of the ecosystem a supporting part so but really the idea is that you are involved less and less over time um, because if you support very healthy interactions between plants and between animals, like for example, um, the orange tip butterfly relies on the cuckoo flower. So if you um, if you're happy to support both on your land, then you have that's just one interaction out of millions and billions. And our tea plants here you know, over the years and years, and also when I'm dead, as they grow into older and older trees, and I hope other people will get the pleasure of then harvesting those beautiful uh, tea trees. And over, over so many years, they interact, you know, more and more with the soil. There's lots of, you know, um, beneficial fungi developing over many years. Uh, called mycorrhizae and we know there's lots of research about that in, in, in forest environments um, and so 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 that so for me it's a long journey and I'm part of part of this journey I'm supporting these beautiful tea plants that are growing into tea trees slowly um, and I'm supporting them, and I'm be I, I'm kind of part of their journey as a supporter. But I know I don't live forever, so after that, you know, they'll hopefully still be here and and developing further. Um, so another very long answer to, <laughs> to your question: Why? What? 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 Um, what? What has got me here? You know, um, I've always been passionate in 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 in. Um, in nature really and living close to nature and 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 i love it i love it and it fits so much with tea this idea of natural growing because tea 
we sit down and we we have a calm space and we take our time and there's all this culture and all these beautiful people that you can link to and nature is exactly the same for me you take time you respect others in in nature every element every element in nature you respect all of them and um and so it's very it's very linked to tea it's just kind of that is also the beauty of it it's very very linked to tea so when you started about 8 years ago your basically your motivation was to create a, a biodiverse system by planting these trees so that the tea plants that you're planting will be almost say self sustain i mean the, you know that they can create well, well if you so for example if you look at those places so i'm i'm fascinated by and i respect all tea growers it's very hard work all over the world and i think we hold all of our challenges and they may be very different you know in different in different places different um tea growing areas um but um but uh oh what was it what was the question now again um <laughs> the, the, but but yes but but the inspiration really yes yeah, so as so i've got what i have here but then when i was very lucky to visit a number of tea farmers abroad who you know who use who harvest from either wild trees or allow their tea gardens to be really um full of biodiversity that was also a, a great inspiration for me as a new tea farmer and um and so so i i'm fascinated by the actual plant but i'm fascinated of course about also about making the tea so for me actually i have to work continuously on on these four four areas and one is i have to be a good and supportive and knowledgeable tea grower one is i have to know how to process tea and be willing to continuously learn that and there's so much to it there is so much to that um third point for me is i have to continuously be interested in developing my own palate and challenging my senses do you know mystery tea clubs where people send me tea that has no description and no wording yeah. where i taste it without knowing anything about it where it's from how old it is is it organic is it not organic and i did challenge myself um to develop in my journey of you know developing my my palate my 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 um my sense of um smell and sense of taste um can i can i get you for a sec you you told me about uh, previously when we talked you told me about your first experience in learning about uh, tea growing and tea processing and that really 
big step for you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, uh, just to give us a glimpse of uh, your journey learning in, in Taiwan, how to grow tea and, and impacted your, uh, your tea growing practice? Yes, yes. It's, um, it, it was, as these things often are, a friend of a friend of a friend helped, helped me to be in touch with, um, uh, I was looking for an organic farmer. I was, going to, I was planning to go to Taiwan and visit Taiwan and, and visit some organic uh, tea farmers. And um, I was exploring if there was an opportunity to stay with someone um, to stay with someone as eccentric as I am and I'm <laughs> slightly mad since maybe you have to be slightly mad when I mean I'm 48 now so when I was 40 I was saying gosh I'm willing to go on this totally new learning journey really for me at this, um, point, at this point you already had your farm in Scotland I had my farm I've done mm -hmm. a kind of couple of years of, of you know of really in-depth learning about plants i mean when you you have to be willing to really learn be outside see it see them all at different seasons see what challenges them what stresses them you know how long are they dormant there are so many questions about that so um and so much to learn so it was very intensive learning phase and then someone said um i get you in touch with this with this person and he is about 45 minutes outside of Taipei, up in the hills. He has wild tea and, um, and sells most of his tea um, to a very established customers he has who normally take his whole harvest every year. He makes up to about 30 to 50 kilos of tea, so fairly small scale, um, <clears throat> and um, but quite high value because it is it's very time consuming what he does. Mm. So he, he, so I, I was, I was just fortunate. I do, I think, I think he thought, gosh, this woman, I need to, I need to meet her because she sounds bonkers <laughs> trying to do that in in Scotland. And what's the and, point? Basically, was the point to try and create Taiwanese-style teas, or was it more just you wanted to just learn about tea? No, no, I, I didn't, I did, and he said that right away, forget about that. Um, because there's also a scientist in me, and when you go somewhere and you, you're, you're um, interested in learning a skill, then of course I understood right away that his conditions there were very, very different to my conditions. So the, the, the temperature during the growing season is very different. Maybe the humidity is a little bit, sun intensity. So you wouldn't even be able to create the same thing, even if you wanted to, but that's not the idea for me. For me, it's, I want to create something that is very much um, something from this soil that tells the story from here you know and and I think uh, I think that, that that's 
yeah, that's very important to me. But he, he, was, he was wonderful. I mean, he was the best teacher I could have possibly had. He was so opinionated. He was so bossy. And I kind of needed that. I just needed him to tell me, put your notebook away. You're not now in Europe where everything's written down. Forget about that. We're not going to take a, use a watch. Nothing. You're going to learn to use your senses. Oh, wow. So he asked me, challenged me every five minutes. I so smell this. Smell it. No, you're not smelling it properly. What does it smell like? Again, again. And we only ate rice with a bit of ginger and in it and some vegetables, very basic, because he said, okay, during the time you're here, you have to, he encouraged me also to eat quite basic food. So you really, really can tease out the nuances of tea. Um, oh, wow. As a tea maker, you have to, that has to be your aim. Um, if you want to make good, good tea. Um, so... It was, it was um, a wonderful time, and he's, he's lovely. I mean, he's, he's wonderful, but he has, it's interesting to hear. He has his own challenges. So he makes tea, but part, some of his family members go up to the wild trees, which takes about, gosh, about 20 minutes walk into, up into the hill, and they come back even after a couple of hours bitten by insects all over the arms and you can only really tolerate a couple of hours and he said to me none of the younger generation are willing to do that mm. so it shows us that just a little snapshot of this one very experienced tea farmer who makes wonderful tea he makes wonderful tea it's still one of my absolute favorite teas that he makes um he, you know, he has challenges. That's what I meant with before. We all have our own challenges. And I think he said, I can't, I, I can't produce what I do if I go up as well and get yeah. it. Um, I need someone to go up and get it, but I can't find a new person after, you know, the, the, the relatives in my family, um, they're about to retire or stop or not willing to do that anymore. And it's hard to find someone else. So, so it shows you, it gives you a snapshot of a, of a, of a story there. And one thing was really funny, because he took me up to, of course I saw, and I've got portraits of me, it looks like I'm walking through a jungle. And, and um, he, right at the top, beautiful view, he said, he also was the one who always said to me, and I always say it to everyone else, when you visit a tea farm, nibble on a tea leaf because over time you will realize that they all have their own character they have their own like all of us we you know we we have our own individuals we're all humans but we're all a little bit different and that's the same with tea plants and he said he was the one saying as well look at the soil smell the soil monica just have you know be very perceptive and take it all in and question it and 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 anyway he he gave he gave me some um leaves up at the top of the hill and and I ate them and um gosh I was I was feeling lighter it was just energy and a little bit spicy I would say almost 
and that was those were about two hundred years old um but but of course very different to pruned teas so uh tea lovers might also be interested in in the variety i i love the variety of tea gardens all over the world because you get you know highly neat beautifully pruned you know tea bushes and it almost looks like a different plant but it's the same plant that you can see somewhere else as a tree looks a bit kind of wild and unruly and you know with with its own character producing less in yield because you don't prune it so these are all many many questions that a tea farmer tea a tea person who had who grows tea has to you know these decisions we all have to make are we willing to try and experiment with unusual uh, tastes but 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 we have yes less yield or you know th these are all they're all they're all difficult questions for all of us so um Anyway, does that does that answer your question? Well, I mean, I'm I'm so I'm You went to to Taiwan for a, a few months to to learn. No, it, it it was actually only a few weeks, but that was oh, enough. Okay. That was enough, and uh, it was a, um, yes. in, in period. And so you learned how how they grow and process stuff, uh, uh, Taiwanese. Uh, teas and tea varietals. So then you came back to Scotland and you were presented. I mean, you have your challenges on top of of all of the other challenges that that subtropical climate poses. So um, where do we go from now? So you you you're buying, you're growing from seed. So that's a different thing because it takes a lot longer than growing from cuttings, and the climate is very different. The soil is very different. Uh, how long does it actually take for a tree in Scotland to be ready to actually yield tea itself? Yes, yes. So the, the, the photo that you've chosen where I'm holding of a tea plant, yeah. where I crazily transplanted, which actually you shouldn't do, but there wasn't enough space in that space. So that's another little experiment I'm doing. I'm taking... That tea plant is in its five, fifth year, so had four good seasons to grow, mm. and has substantial roots. Had, uh, had it was very heavy. Me standing there, actually very heavy. So um, it grows. Um, depend. It grows as fast as it, it depends on the dormancy you have, of course. Just mm -hmm. imagine, I have over half a year dormancy here where the tea plant doesn't grow. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean it doesn't do anything, but it just doesn't grow, you know, in width and up. So, um, so you can see that after about four years, I mean, I, I, can, I can pluck new leaves very nicely from that one, but of course, imagine the yield will be more the, the more it, the more it grows you know so after another couple of years it'll be you know a, 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 a quite a bit bigger um you you can you can get more yield so so in scotland um we have about in scotland a tea grower has to also make the decision between do i 
accept a lower yield, but want to do more natural growing outdoors without cover? Or do I put, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of tea plants in polytunnels like they do with fruit farms? So even that, you can, you can get so many different ways of, of growing tea. Of course, you would be able to grow them a little bit faster because you can lengthen the season. Mm. Um, and uh, so, so basically, to answer your question, it, I would say it takes a good, from seeds, a good four years to, um, to get quite a, a number of lovely new leaves from a single plant to make some tea. Mm, okay. You can make tea from, from very little plants. You can, but um, I don't know if you see that. Yeah, I can um, see it. Very yeah, but, but, um, uh, but of course you don't want to overplant them because you want to give them just, uh, allow them just to, to, to grow, you know, so you don't want to overplant them. Um, but many things uh, are big decisions, Anna. I mean, even pruning. I mean, I've decided to not prune most of my plants. So my plants will turn into, uh, I don't know if you know the size of a hawthorn tree, but really uh, about, they can, they can grow up to about five, five meters normally. It depends even on your, uh, whether your site is windy because have you ever seen a very exposed site somewhere in the world and trees look a little bit more, you know, like, like mm -hmm. that. So, so, yeah, so that's, that's the beauty of it. it it'll turn into, it'll, it, it's a mix between, so a, t a tea plant is a mix between its conditions it grows in and itself, you know, it's a mix. So, um, but, but in, it's, interestingly enough, um, when I went through Europe at the beginning of the year and I saw the different, I went on the train and it was very interesting because I know that tea grows all over Europe now, um, probably mostly still quite small scale. Um, yeah. But then there are some very small scale growers in Korea, in China, in Japan as well, that have just about an acre or two. You know, that's very small scale, but you can mm. you can still do something with that. Um, but yes, as I as I went through Europe, um, even within Europe, there are there are different um, such different conditions of the soil. So my some friends, tea growing friends. In, in, in Portugal or, or in France or in Germany even, have maybe, they have a bit more, a longer season in terms of more warmth on their side, but at the other, on the other hand, they're worried about drought and not enough humidity in the air, you know, because the, our beloved tea plant actually also loves quite a bit of humidity and, and it doesn't like drought. So yield will also decrease in drought. Um, so, so that's what I'm saying when I, when I mean we will have challenges. It's just that we have to learn to overcome them, ideally, and have to learn how to how to deal with with those challenges. I guess yeah. if we're willing to be patient with that, and um, then uh, then yeah. 
When, when um, I, I've got a question about, because I, I haven't had the pleasure of, of visiting your farm yet, and I'd be interesting to, to interested to hear what it, what I, how I can imagine it, because uh, in, as I said, in Japan, you've got this this hilly landscape that is fairly steep. Uh, that's what makes it also quite challenging when you do the the harvesting because it is on a steep slope, which is good for the for the the plants because you, you have the water running off it. But it's quite challenging for the person having to harvest the leaves actually because it's quite slippery. Um, the other thing that it does obviously create this sort of microclimate in that it traps a lot of moisture. Keeping, keeping the area quite subtropical in that way. So even you have warmth and you've got moisture in those little valleys, that's ideal for the, for the plants in, in Korea. Now, I'd be interested to know what does your farm look like? Because, I mean, it's called Windy Hollow. So you just mentioned wind does obviously also impact the plant. Um, do you have them in a field? Are they in clusters? What do the and you know are they how are they interacting with the other plants on your on your farm? Yes, yes. So that's also uh, continuously changing. It'll be nice once we are out of this lockdown. Maybe you can <laughs> come next next season. That would be, nice. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it would be lovely. Um, but that that is yes. So in the beginning, I think I did have more of a mindset of okay, I've got to do rules and I've got to do this and that, but. Um, now I've moved much more to plants. So imagine um, I have a number of natural different features on, on as part of this, this, this piece of land anyway. So it's not one big kind of flat land with, with grass on it. Um, if you imagine it, I think I'm, I'm planning actually to take a little film maybe in June when, when we're in in growing season and just walk through it and take a little take a little film little clip that that would be nice um but so so imagine um there's a big stone natural stone ridge basalt stone um running through the middle a bit raised so so it's not not flat so i've got some plants around there now um, seeing how they do with um, in a natural stone area. Um, I'm interested in microclimates as well. They're very fascinating microclimates um, because you know you have little temperature differences and differences in, in, in wind condition as well and sun um, and even soil in different kind of pockets on on um, you know, next to natural stone or, or behind trees or this or that, you know. So, and then we've got a little little marshy area where we have natural wild orchids growing and, oh. um, and irises, the beautiful yellow high irises and lots of insects there, um, cuckoo flower, the ragged robin. And so I, I don't plant tea too close there because even though tea is a water loving plant it doesn't like to stand in water especially not in winter so you can kill a tea plant by planting it in a waterlogged area and then the, the roots will freeze you know in the winter so um, 
maybe a very established plant can tolerate that a little bit more, but not a very young plant. Okay. So, um, and then we have more areas that are more kind of grass and a little bit flatter as well. Then we, we have the area where um, I've planted lots of trees. So some tea plants are, are there now to see how they coexist next to next to the, the trees. Um, trees are they? Are there needle trees or leaf trees? What does it matter? Yeah, they're, they're mainly broad, broad leaf trees because, um, you know, I don't know if people know this. We all think that Europe's very green, and some of it is very green. With, well, you're lucky if you if you if you live near a, a, a an ancient forest, um, but most modern forests are about. Uh, within 40 years old and they're normally monoculture to be harvested of course because we all need furniture and we all need paper and and that's fine but they're not they're only about in the UK about three to four percent of mixed native forests left compared to about three to four hundred years ago so it shows you very little very few pockets left and um, and that's what I'm kind of re redoing. So a real mix of um, uh, about 15, 20 different species. So oak, um, rowan, we have, we have ash, we have juniper, we have yew, um, wild cherry. So many different um, species attracting different insects and um, being home to different birds as well. But see tea, tea as well as I see the tea tea plants as well a bit like a tree. It's like you look at it and you plant it, and the beauty is that you 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 give it a chance to grow over the next 10, 20 years. You don't expect it to be an annual plant and you harvest later on in the same year. You say to it, you know, I'm I'm happy for you to take your time. I'm happy for you because that's what nature is. That is mm -hmm. what nature is. And that is what a natural farmer does as well. It's, a, it's an accepting of, of, of the, the plant around you and the speed they take. And, um, and when a tea plant in the beginning doesn't show a lot, or t sometimes they, 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 if you replant them, turn it a bit yellow for a couple of months and say, oh gosh, what have you done to me? But it just, they take a little bit of time to establish the root, root system and, you know, and really take, uh, okay, this is where I am. And then eventually you don't transplant them anymore. You know, they, they, that's them there. And, and if, if, if they like it there, they might live, you know, with certainly many hundreds of years. And, and that's, that's, a, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And you can't do that with cuttings. I mean, cuttings are much more you know functional we want mm. to do something fairly quickly we want to we know we can rely on a, on a harvest and a certain yield and a certain flavor and that's that's fine you know but also cuttings would be difficult in scotland because we do get sometimes frost of course we get about a minus seven minus ten a few times over the winter which I'm sure many European countries even much deeper frost. Um, 
but so so with a cutting you have a very shallow root system which could very easily then then die kill the plant so at least with a bigger root system with a proper taproot so the the, the the uh, the seedling plant will develop a proper taproot, um, like like I don't know if you can see that a proper taproot like this, um, and um, so at first the root down and then many roots to the side, and um, and 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 it means that if there if there are frost conditions, even if the, the the plant is stressed, the whole root system won't die and it can revive again when the condition the growing conditions are right you know for us that that means in may time so our growing season doesn't really start before may time because okay. it can still be quite chilly at night so yeah <laughs> is the other the tea seeds that you've uh, the tea trees that you're growing from seed are they all the same cultivar or are they different ones or well, well, that, that's 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 an interesting question um, because you can get tea seeds, of course, from places all over the world, different tea growing um, places and different contacts, and that's that's the case with most tea growers. There may be, if they're interested in experimentation and tea seeds, then they will maybe try from different areas, um, but even within. So, so let's say I get 100, tree, 100 um, tea seeds from Nepal or Korea, let's say. Within that set of 100, you still get the variety, you see. You still get genetic variety. Um, but you do get something that is stable from there because if that, those seeds have grown there for many many years of course they've 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 adapted to that environment as well so so you do get something that is, is that is that is has a story of korea for example if, if they've been there for many years but but at the same time you do get individual very individual plants and some it's interesting i don't know if you've ever come across this anna but some tea growers have very famous individual trees um, and the, 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 they taste very different, of course, different uh, from, from seed and they will make special teas just from one particular plant, from one tree. Um, and, and, and that's very interesting, but, but already now, I mean, I taste the, the leaves from different plants and they already have nuances of, 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 and then of course you could do so much experimentation, you could, you know, try and do, uh, you know, a, a green tea only using certain plants or, or a mix of them, or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, as a, as a, when, when, as a tea maker, you've got to also balance out that it's exciting to experiment, but once you have a couple of um, should we say ways for you to make your tea and you're happy with that then you also keep, keep that constant you know and you can still experiment a, a little bit more so but yours but yours are all the same or they're all different cultivars so 
So there are, because they're from seeds, they are all different. Okay. You see? Um, so you, you, you tend to talk, say, mention a cultivar if it's, um, so it's, if, if, if you do have a genetic identical plant, it's a cultivar, you know, they all look the same. So it's a little bit cheeky now, but yeah. No, 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 but that's exactly what I mean. I mean, is it, is it the same tea plant that you would find in Taiwan or is it a different? That's yes, my question. Yes. So it's all, it's all, um, I have Camellia sinensis, Variation sinensis. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and it is, yes, it's, um, I do have some seeds, um, from a variety of different places um, and I just see how they develop yeah a, okay. cu a couple of plants haven't I mean a few plants have are not very hardy and maybe eventually you just have to say goodbye to them unless you're happy to put them under you know it's so, so you you're relying on them as well to, to tolerate the the, the the dormancy in the winter and tolerate mm. a few times the 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 kind of going down to minus seven minus ten overnight, mm. um, and that they survive that. So, but okay. I kind of, for my experience now, is that very small plants like like these guys are, more, are still in their first year, so the first couple of winters, I would put them more in a sheltered area but once they are certainly that the photo that I, that that you have that you used of me at that stage they are hardy and you don't really have to protect them anymore and they could just be outside in their final space you know in in nature and they they do survive so that is from my experience um amazing so, so yeah now that's really fascinating. Um, I'm gonna make some more tea. You brought us making some tea as well. Yes, I'm. I'm going to add a little bit. Um, you, what tea are you drinking at the moment? Are you drinking your own tea, or are you? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm. I'm drinking a very special tea from Korea. Mm -hmm. Um. I have some tea left from Korea where I was in the right in the south of Korea, May Valdong farm, and the lovely Sin Morg. I don't know, you might know him on, on Instagram. He's highly eccentric, of course, as well. And um, he also uses, he, interestingly enough, Anna, there are those tea makers who don't actually have any. Um, don't have kind of in terms of ownership their own plants so he actually knows where there are wild tea plants they don't belong to him um, but the owner of the land and of those forests they kind of say okay we don't mind you going there and, 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 and plucking so it, isn't it interesting so what he does is um, he makes um, it was very experimental for a number of years. I mean, he, and you should, he does, he's very visual online, actually. It's, it's, he's great. He gives 
shows a lot about his his technique and it's very fascinating it's beautiful um so he makes uh bricks but not not aged for many years they're mm -hmm. kind of ready after two or three years and they're very very rich in flavor and they're only for a special occasion for me um so that that was today i got it at today it's oh, really a lot of energy but also it's very oh he has what i call the treasure chest it's like um it's like a separate room where he has a big lock and then the key comes out you know this key was somewhere secret and then he opens the lock and a big padlock and then opens up this 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 separate room with many many um well huge huge um you know containers like this um but much bigger i mean this is just for an individual uh, i think 100 200 gram um a little bowl um tea bowl and um and every he whenever he opened one of those ceramic containers it was just unbelievable all the nuances of aroma it was just really really special really wonderful a wonderful tea maker and if anyone ever has an opportunity to go there it's a really special really special place um and he makes you really welcome as well he has a lovely team one of his team um I called Mr. Smiley because he was always <laughs> smiling. He's lovely. I don't think he knows that I do call him that. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, he, yeah, so very special tea. Um, a lot of fruit, kind of rich, very rich kind of plum, you know, sweet plum. Um, and he makes what he calls um, red tea. He calls, and he also calls the other one blue tea. I guess that's a type of oolong that um, that he makes, um, and he has many visitors. And the Korean TV also come come a lot because he's quite eccentric. <laughs> wow! I guess you. I mean, when 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 it isn't Corona, you also welcome people on your farm and show yes. them around. So people actually were interested in seeing what you're doing. Yes, that's the thing that you offer. I do, I do, and I love that part. And it's a big shame that I we had to already to cancel quite a few that we've already booked in for this year. So um, it's really lovely to to do that because for me, it's connecting with other people who are into tea, but also learning from. I, I believe whatever you know about tea. You, you still learn something or you're stimulated by some person's idea or suggestion or or story or whatever you know we're we're we're, we're, we're social beings and i love that part um and also the for many different countries as well it, it's really really nice so sometimes um we, I mean, they, they vary so much. I mean, I've had people here from Scotland, not too far away, and some of them have never had loose leaf tea before. 
<laughs> and, uh, and, and, and they come and just because maybe they've heard about this lady in Persia who's slightly <clears throat> mad or fully mad, I don't know, but um, and we must go and see her, you know, and, uh, but, but they go away normally with, um, with, with, you know, a smile on their face and, um, and, and knowing just something about, about tea and that tea can be beautiful. And, and that's, that's wonderful. And I tell them about maybe tea shops that they can get loose leaf tea from and, you know, and hopefully that's only the start of their journey. And, and then I get the full tea geeks as well. And of course I love them. And, um, and they come and maybe come as a, as a little trip. Maybe they want to visit Scotland, go to the islands or so, and I'm, I'm a stop here. Um, and, and we spend a lovely day together, maybe even make some green tea together. And, um, or, or, or I get quite people who are quite intense about wanting to learn together and maybe haven't grown before. And, and, and then they kind of spend a couple of days with me and um and that's so it varies it varies and um but it's it's really it's really nice and it's a celebration of tea and a celebration of that's why this year is sad actually because in a way we've lost those connections we've lost i feel we've lost the ability to hug each other and touch each other's arm and have a good laugh together and 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 I miss that. I do miss that. Um, you know, we were supposed to put face masks on and 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 all of that. So it's very so. Luckily, there is in a way Instagram and the internet, and we can all still feel like a little bit connected with each other. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, Anna, but I certainly feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I mean, and I think. One one thing that you mentioned that which is I think a really key thing about tea is that it's a connection. A lot of the work that I do certainly, you know, with my workshops, with this 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 type of interview or uh, anything that I try and do online through in uh, online streams now is about connecting with people, creating community, and and it's a real shame that that obviously this amazing sharing that you create by inviting people to your farm or um, yeah, with the work that you do in general. I think uh, it's, it's tricky. It definitely poses difficulties, but I think also maybe through those challenges and difficult times, we are able to be more creative and trying to create new ways in which we can connect. And, um, and I mean, for you certainly, I think not having visitors doesn't mean that you're lying idle right because spring is still coming the 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 tea plants are still growing and you you're growing other plants as well so um you keep pretty busy during the coming month and oh, yes, you are yes. um you're always posting your um your progress on instagram right so so we can still be part of it yeah um, i i try to do that because that's how I connect with people. I want to share my work and I'm very happy sitting outside in the grass and enjoy it myself, but I also enjoy it with others. And also it was such a big, it's such a big eye opener that some people arrive and they haven't got many opportunities to really be close to nature and an ecosystem and 
And it's really nice to do that together then, you know, to sit on the grass and um, to, to, to look at how the, the plants um, do in, in, in me or things that are flowering and um, wild plants and to celebrate all of that. I think it's, it's really, really important and, and I love that. I really yeah. do. That, that's that's super wonderful. I think at this point, I'd like to invite people that are watching, if they have any questions for Monica, um, to ask them now directly if they want. Of course, there's always the internet. You also have a wonderful website um, where people can find out more about you. But if there's anyone that has any questions uh, directly, you can post them right now in the comments and we can answer them. Uh, but generally, Monica is super happy to hear um, your feedback and um, yeah, and any kind of suggestions and questions that you might have. Um, I mentioned before, uh, you can follow her on her Instagram, which is windyhollowfarm underscore. And, um, and you always have like these awesome little clips where you show also bits of your work, you know, trying to prepare the bit where the, uh, what is the chamomile? You're growing chamomile as well, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yeah, I love to see when you when you're sharing that. Um, oh, thank you, thank 